went on this on this little kind of thought process, and I just wanted to kind of explain how I got there. So I'm thinking about the last episode. So, um, you, John, you were talking about personal responsibility mm. last week, mm-hmm. um, and and about you know kind of parental awareness, like be, being an informed parent, being an informed person, and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Barry, you were talking, I remember you were talking about that, the, the girl you knew whose mom was schizophrenic. Right. And, and about how she was always um, upset. This girl was always upset and she was always overwhelmed and trying to deal with this drama of her mother having schizophrenia. And it, it got me thinking more about personal responsibility and how we achieve balance in our lives. You know, how we create order out of the chaos. And then I started thinking, I, I know both of you guys to be pretty disciplined people. You spend a lot of time focused on things that are important to you, Barry. It's obviously for you, it's, a, it's your channel, your YouTube channel that you spent who knows how much time in your life, you know, working on mm-hmm. and refining. And John, I know you're always busy with projects. You might know right now for the house, um, but you've always been focused on your goals. And so my question is, how do you maintain discipline? Like, what do you, what do you attribute that focus to? Right. Interesting. Um, so the way I'm perceiving this question is how is it that I just stand up one day and go, screw it, I'm fed up with this. How is it that I retain that passion for what I do? Yeah. I've never thought about that before. Actually, I can answer your question with a question. Perfect. How does it feel to know someone who's famous? <laughs> <laughs> Responding to a question, not answering a question. Um, no. Uh, that's something that I've actually never asked myself. It's it's interesting, though, because um, as I did talk about last time, there are certain times where I get really stressed out about the video I'm working on. Um, you guys walked into my room, and I, I had, like, a notepad up, and I was working on, you know, the video that I was I was doing mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I'm, I do, like, every day. It was, it was like when I was working at Falcon, every day I'd go build a computer or, or you know, what for, mm-hmm. you know, and then come home and there's, I feel like there was a less of a drive as it went on, mm-hmm. you know, like as, as it went on, though I love building computers, I didn't love building the same computers every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always feared that that could happen with YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess that that drive for me would be that YouTube is at least the, you know, I'm so passionate about it because it's so easy. I can change anything I want. You know, all of a sudden, if I didn't like my channel, I could just go do whatever the hell else on it, you know, and hopefully a lot of people would stay. Um, That freedom to change my occupation at any time I choose, I think that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people or, or heard of a lot of people who went into crime investigation, murder, stuff like that, mm-hmm. because that was always new. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was never a job where they went in and saw the same thing twice. You know, this person was murdered because of this reason. And that was always interesting to them. Sure. Whereas if they were, it didn't matter, like nuclear engineer, but they did the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. It it's a different kind of thing for different people, you know? I sometimes wonder how my mother has been in the same op- occupation for five years, 
and never once complained about it. She loves what she does. And she just credentials she, for doctors. She's credentialing for doctors. You know, just make sure that their papers are up to date. And if they're not, they have to go back to school. That's it. That's all she does, you know. It's a hard job. It's not easy. I'm not saying that's all she does. But it's one of those things that, to me, I would never be able to understand. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. What about uh, the benefits? Like the uh, the actual money, the uh, fame? Like the, what, the stuff you actually are getting out of it, how does that play into your motivation? Strange. Yeah. So that's 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 also weird because I'll only joke about the idea of being famous, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, but it I, is there. It well, right? But I, it's not something I ever think about. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, I don't. I don't ever think like as I'm walking down the street. I wonder how many people could recognize me right now. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's never a thought that that. And when people do, or if mm-hmm. if someone on on the internet, like if I'm on Discord and people freak out that I'm there, it always kind of surprises me a little bit. That, like, I'm the reason that they are in the Discord that they're in, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's strange. Not that it isn't a thing, though. It would mm-hmm. be. It would be definitely a thing. I don't know. I don't think I've really chewed on that enough. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very interesting. I, I guess I would say I'm almost a little worried about chewing on it. Because I don't want to let something like that go to my head. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I guess I'm trying to get the, the most out of the the job itself the actions of mm-hmm. what i do like the videos that i make more than the benefits that they without letting it make you arrogant right uh becoming that stereotypical famous person right mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah so john let's let's move along uh where do you where does that discipline come from how do you keep it going um so discipline okay so the motivation to continue a project. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very much so uh, dependent on the day, the time of the day, uh, whether I drank before, whether I'm drinking in the middle of it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whether I've had a good day at work, whether I've had a bad day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the projects are very much so, if it's interesting, interesting to me and i see a direct value to it mm-hmm. um that uh i'm excited about then i will pursue it if there isn't that goal if there isn't that uh, uh interest in me or i can do it later then there isn't so the, the concept of getting up and going to work well i need money if i don't get money I lose my house. If I don't get money, I, I can't go on vacation next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting up and going to work uh, allows me to live the lifestyle I want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, going home and doing chores. Um, uh, organizing the copper uh, that I get from work. Um, letting them up, putting them in their different uh, boxes. That's literally a chore they have to do on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that this is a direct correlation to I get a free breakfast at work and I get a little money extra after that. Mm-hmm. So, again, very much so. Uh, being excited about mining, uh, cryptocurrency mining, uh, very much so. Uh, that is a direct, this goes into my pocket, um, doing the kitty litter. Mm-hmm. Like, actually uh, uh, doing that. It, it, uh, it keeps the cats healthy. It keeps the bathrooms from smelling. Um 
are direct things that make me uh, uh, annoyed. And so if I don't want to feel that way, I need to do certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, dishes. They'll pile up for a week because I honestly don't care. Um, then, you know, uh, on a weekend or something, I'll put in a podcast, hammer out the dishes, but uh, I don't mind them stacking up, so there's no motivation there. Okay, so what I when it comes to your job, mm -hmm. uh, working at Falcon every day, um, you would say you do that because of the monetary benefit rather than any sort of like passion for what you do? Oh, yes, uh, 100%. Um, I have worked a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, I've found that Falcon is the easiest job I've ever had. Probably the easiest job I will ever have. Mm -hmm. um, being able to listen to podcasts all day and still get my job done um, basically makes it so that it is a uh, breeze to just get through the day most of the time. If there's problems, you can't listen to podcasts, and then you yell at people. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, there's it, it's uh, there is an interest in the sense of um, I enjoy learning things. I enjoy uh, the mathematical uh, way that you can fix things for a computer. Mm -hmm. Very much so. There are only X number of parts, and if you go through those X parts, you will learn uh, what you're working for, mm -hmm. what you're working with. Um, I enjoy that in the sense of I like it more than digging a ditch. But the thing is, is that if I wasn't getting paid to go to work, I wouldn't go. Sure. Yeah. Of course. I think that's true for most people. Um, yeah, and I guess I was thinking about, like, that seems like a very adult quality to me, being able to really clearly weigh the kind of the outcomes of your actions in the future. Mm -hmm. taking, taking a logical perspective on things. Instead of just saying, you know, give me a reason to care. Mm -hmm. Um finding one for yourself, you know, and, and being responsible for yourself. And I think it's something that a lot of kids don't experience. Like there isn't, there isn't really a lot of motivation for them to be responsible. They don't perceive a motivation to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And I find, I find that really fascinating. And, and I don't know if it's true in other cultures or not, but I feel like, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say that we have this generation of children mm -hmm. now. And you know the next. So it's of course it's always the next generation. Yeah. Um, but it just it, it makes me think about how we how we raise adults, how we inspire people to be responsible for themselves, to show them the benefits of doing these things, of being responsible, disciplined, that kind of person. That's interesting. It's very interesting, also, um, <clears throat> because it took me. Oh God. It took me about seven months to almost a year to get to the point where I could start making money on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then for another, like, another year, I was doing two full-time jobs. I was working YouTube and I was doing, doing Falcon at the same mm -hmm. time. And I, I recall when you were, when you were talking about, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, does this benefit me? And that didn't for me mm -hmm. because I was still not making enough money to live on mm -hmm. YouTube, just live, but it wasn't ever about that. 
for I, I had I had two other channels before Bulletberry, mm-hmm. and uh, they never got comments. They never got views. Uh, they they never ever got any attention, mm-hmm. right? So when I started getting that, um, that was just like super powerful for me. Yeah. Every time. So maybe that was the one thing. Mm-hmm. Is that all those people who love to watch the content, regardless as to whether I enjoy making it or not, which I do. Um, but you also enjoy the uh, the benefit of people actually being like, hey, good job. Right. Yes, exactly. When, when someone says, I liked that video. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the money that I get from it is, is you, you can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. But I, I can also not ignore that... I did YouTube much longer without making money than I did making money. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's like... It's definitely not just the money. Right, right. And it's it's interesting because I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but I know there are little things that I am that I see. As as you guys were talking, that I was thinking, like, those, those little tiny things that keep me, like, I want to make another video right now. I have to make one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know? That kind of mentality that mm. goes with it. So it's interesting to see how different different you and I are. Yeah, yeah, exactly, just from uh, our perspectives. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, and for Rasan, what about you? Yeah. What uh, makes you get up in the morning? Um, I'm actually, I'm actually a, a fairly emotionally driven person. Um, the things that really, the things that inspire me, the things that are motivating to me are mostly um, art, so that's why I love music so much you know because it's something that's that's emotionally inspiring for me or or going to a museum and looking at art or things like that are things that i, that I enjoy that i look forward to mm-hmm. um and i feel like because that's something that i've learned really clearly about myself I, i've imposed discipline because i know it to be really important because it's the only way that i'm going to get things done and maintain the proper schedule and participate in things like going to work every day and being there you know, during between these certain hours, mm-hmm. like that. Because if I didn't impose that discipline, I think I wouldn't have any interest in doing those things. Because I, I, I don't really feel that intrinsic motivation that mm-hmm. much to do those things. Like obviously, I, I see the value of them, and so kind of like you said, like I, 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 I motivate myself to do them because I know that I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feels pretty artificial to me. Why? The the idea what you what you're saying right now, um, just so that I'm following following along, uh-huh. is that the idea that you would be motivated to do something just to get that that reward at the end that you expect is very artificial to you. Yeah, um, Such as like yeah. you go to your your job not because you love your job but because you know you'll get money from that job. Yeah, and that and that exchange seems really contrived to me. I mean, it, it is really contrived. You know, we've established this whole this whole complex system, the society, so that we can exchange money for goods or services, or, or vice versa, right? We can put in our time to get money back, and that, and I guess that whole thing just kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Um, and I guess, to some extent, the way that it is in in modern society where it and I, I you know of course i wasn't i wasn't i haven't been around in, in previous <laughs> generations so it's hard for me to know but i i know that in this uh, a lot of our a lot of our time a lot of our, our culture seems kind of um impersonal i guess i think a lot of industries 
are, are not really about the people so much as the, the work, I guess. It's, it's the mm-hmm. nature of jobs, the nature of business to some extent. But I, I, I hear stories and I, and I know that it's not this way everywhere. There isn't just kind of that, that pure exchange, you know, like prostitution. It feels mm-hmm. like sometimes a little bit, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to give you my body for eight hours a day and you're going to pay me enough to live. It doesn't, it doesn't quite feel right all the time. That was a really good analogy, actually. Prostitution. All the time? Okay. So, uh, um, what changes that sometimes it's okay and you can uh, justify it and sometimes you can't? Well, it's tough because, you know, for, I mean, for me personally, to the mm-hmm. extent that working allows me to live the life that I want to, mm-hmm. to the extent that I see the benefit of, of work, mm-hmm. right, um, I, th- I think it has value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, to me, looking at a lot of the industries in this country, and, and maybe part of it is just the amount that we get paid. I mean, and, and not just us. <clears throat> Like in, in particular, but also in this country or in this world, um, the way that it's set up to me seems wrong. Like I think we have an opportunity to to take care of each other in a much more meaningful way, to to live in in more kind of better communication. I, I think I think at a certain point, okay. So sort of like mm-hmm. I was talking about last time, talking about government and how national government seems really separated, detached mm-hmm. from regular people, regular society. Yeah. And they, yeah. Make, and they make these decisions and I, I think they don't really see the consequences or don't really care about the consequences. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for people who run companies too. And I think the larger the company is, the bigger the problem it is. Mm-hmm. But they don't really, they're not really able to see what life is like for people at the bottom, you know? I, have, have you guys ever heard about the, these companies that um, the wages for people at the top are, are tied to wages to people at the bottom? So if, if the CEO wants to get a raise... He has to give everybody else a raise too. Mm-hmm. So it, it it removes some of this like this this selfishness, this us versus them kind of mm-hmm. equation. You know this this cold mathematical. If I if I pay my workers this much, I can buy this many Lamborghinis, and have this house, this mansion, or whatever, mm-hmm. and everything will be good because all my bases are covered. I'll be rich. I can have anything I want. Who cares about what else is going on? And, and I, I know a lot of that is, is my judgment about, about things, but I, th- I think there's a lot of truth to it, too. I think a lot of people do have that perspective. And so being being an emotionally driven person, like, to me, that that feels bad. And mm-hmm. I think that I think there's an opportunity to, to create circumstances in which people are less unhappy to go to work because they feel like they're part of a community more than just getting up and punching the clock every day because they have to to survive so while you were talking about that what if what if we're working towards something instead instead of this whole this is going to be the repeated process for the rest of every time uh, or all of our lives uh-huh. um what if what if that is only the status quo for now until let's say the thing that people are afraid of mm-hmm. Robot workers take over every position, and human beings can live any life they want because all food is grown already for them. Mm-hmm. We can be out with each other anytime we want to because all of our work is already done. Mm-hmm. And that's no, what, utopia. 
And that's what we're working towards instead of this whole idea that we're going to be in this status quo for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. Does that make you happier or is, or is that well, if, if if that were guaranteed, if if we if we had a plan saying right. this is what we're going to do to achieve this goal, I don't think it's a plan. That's not how humans work. We we tend to just find something out and go, oh my god, we can do this. But the, but there are opportunities for that. I mean, if if we could agree on some kind of goal, not not necessarily that, but certainly that seems like a, a cool one. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think if we could agree on a goal and 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 work. Like as as a race, as a species, work toward that common goal. I think we we could do so much more mm-hmm. with not only with our lives, but with our our race, with humanity. You right. know, um, Nietzsche has this great analogy about um, an, an orchestra, and and that being society, right? And everybody plays a role. Everybody plays a part. From you know the, the first violinist, from the conductor to the guy who mops the floor after the show is done, and he says all those jobs are important because all those people are working to make that performance great you know no matter what the bigger picture is that there's an opportunity to work towards something meaningful cooperatively rather than competitively you know putting our heads together and saying how can we make this better for everybody um you know call me a socialist but i I think that i think there's a lot of good in that and i think that looking at it I, i guess i feel like we could use a lot more looking out for each other instead of just looking out for ourselves Um, so, uh, my mind, uh, went back to the, my original question, of what, uh, makes the situation, uh, either, or what, what changes in the situation on whether you feel good about it or bad about it. Mm-hmm. And for my, uh, uh, interpretation of what you said, mm-hmm. um, the good about it would be, uh, more the micro, uh, you get up, you go to work, you do your job, you get paid, you come home, mm-hmm. and you, you have a fair wage. Mm-hmm. The versus the macro of it may work for you, but there are people who abuse that situation. There are companies in the world who are literally paying people uh, below minimum wage or uh, paying a minimum wage so that they'd be in food stamps mm-hmm. just so the company can save money uh, and cost the government more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so more of uh, uh, macro, the economics, that's what uh, you have a negative feeling about. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, to some extent, I think, I think it is the kind of the underlying perspective of, of capitalism, you know, the idea of competition, the idea of, you know, the person who, who works the hardest or is the most creative, comes up with the best product, wins. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, to some extent, in this system the more cutthroat you are the more successful you are yeah very much so and although that benefits the individual i don't think it benefits society even with all the evidence to the contrary what evidence america is a leader in just about everything and when china opened up their entire economy to capitalist ideas they are catching up with us uh, Russia is still uh, has the economy of what was it Massachusetts? No. <laughs> okay, uh, so they have the uh, the entire country of Russia has the economy of one uh, United States city. Okay. Not even a state. Like, uh, is it is it New York City? 
because that that sort of counts as a state. Possibly. Um, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's smaller than that, but it could very well be. That's um, impressive. Uh, yeah, and I so I guess I, I sort of think it's about understanding metrics and and I mm-hmm. and, and 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 our goals, our intentions for it. Like if it's difficult to describe. Like I feel like mm-hmm. although it it may to me it may seem like we're doing really well to the extent that our country is making a lot of money. I think most people in the country don't see that way. True, but their lives are better than people in Mexico. Their lives are... We have more gadgets. We have uh, more houses. We have more food. It's true. We might not have a better healthcare system. I think... But <laughs> that's our own fucking fault. It is. It is very much our own fucking fault. And and I guess I, I, see, I see other countries that have some more socialist values. Not necessarily... Mm. You know, not necessarily communist, mm-hmm. but countries like Canada, countries like sure. almost all of Europe, you know, mm-hmm. that have universalized, socialized healthcare. You know, so these countries that are starting to experiment with stuff like basic income. You know, mm-hmm. they're giving every citizen a fixed amount of money every month for no reason. They say, do with this what you will. And mm-hmm. so far, they've been finding that people are way happier. I mean, right, you give people free money and they're happy, go figure. Mm-hmm. But the whole purpose of it is to give people the opportunity to do more of what they want, you know, to not force them to be tied to this 40 or 50 or 60 hour a week job just to get by, mm-hmm. but to say, here's a little something just to take the edge off, just to pay a couple of bills every month so you don't have to work your ass off quite as hard. You know, have a little more time to be creative or spend it with your kids or go hiking or camping or, or whatever. Just do what you want, be an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of benefit to that as, as opposed to buying into this idea of working harder makes you happier because it oh. makes you more successful but that but that's kind of but that's kind of my point so people so people in europe mm-hmm. uh people i talk to and and you know watching documentaries and, and just reading stories and stuff you know people get two or three hour lunch breaks for example like italy mm-hmm. and france yeah um, yeah and and the metrics of those people are, are generally that they're much happier mm-hmm. their, their lives are more relaxed they're not as focused on trying to get a promotion Mm-hmm. Not as focused on, on being competitive with their with their coworkers or with other people and they know you know mm-hmm. friends and, and family or whoever you know they're more focused on being cooperative mm-hmm. and and as as a result I think because they're they're more other focused and not self focused um, people also you know wages are more normalized so the CEOs don't make fifty times what mm-hmm. what you know the the janitors make they make ten times maybe yeah yeah. Um, and people tend to be happier. They tend to live longer. They tend to mm-hmm. be less stressed out. So, yes, we, we may have a lot of money. We may mm-hmm. have, have a lot of power internationally. But to me, those aren't things that we should be fighting for. Those aren't really victories. To me, it's about how happy are our people. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how well fed are they in average? How well taken care of they, are they in average? You know, mm-hmm. you know in, in Canada, a, a homeless person can walk into a hospital and get health care and not, and not pay a penny for it. Mm-hmm. In the states, those people die all the time, mm-hmm. um, or they, at the very least, they don't get taken care of mm-hmm. because they can't afford healthcare. And so, I, I think it's about choosing the things that that we believe are important and then working toward those. And so, I feel like what we've been working toward recently is 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 competition, is this this belief in Darwinism, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I fight harder, if I if I fight the guys next to me to reach the top, mm-hmm. then everything will be great. All my problems will be solved. And it's about this personal battle instead of trying to make something better for everybody, trying to build a better future for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I become that millionaire? How can I have that house? How can I have that jet? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm assuming you're not saying a straight up uh, abandon all caps. No. No, I, I think I, I think we do still. I mean, I think uh, you know the whole free market economy, and 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 there was a lot of benefit to, mm-hmm. to some. I mean, obviously, independent business ownership. I I don't think everything should be socialized. I don't think everything should be in, in the hands of the government, because mm-hmm. um, that that's been shown not to work. And and mm-hmm. I and I don't particularly believe in in big you know bloated government anyway. Mm-hmm. But I I do think we need to shift our focus. Um. So that then, with the middle ground concept, uh, what would we work towards? Uh, what companies would need to be socialized? What uh, steps would should would should be taken to uh, make people happier? You were saying the um, universal uh, basic income. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, that point, who do you tax to pay for that? Well, okay, so I mean, I think there's a lot of money in the government that's being used for for pretty useless purposes. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that's that's your opinion. At that point, you'd have to argue it and come uh, up with like, absolutely. if I could take a shit, if I could take a, the money, half the money from the military, and there. That's universal income. That's universal health care. That's universal education. Yeah. You oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just you half the just, money from military. Oh yeah. You you could you could just give out thousands of dollars to everyone in the country. That's and, probably a free fucking house for everybody at that yeah, point. It, half it of probably it probably was ridiculous. Um, but at, at that point again, um, we are basically the quote unquote world police. So we have a lot of things that we do with that money that have their pros and cons, sure. but conceivably help the world be a safer place. Uh-huh. So, would we give up the, uh, would we let ISIS uh, go free in the Middle East? Would we say, fine, ISIS, take over, do whatever you want, not my job? Well, I think you're putting, and I find it funny that you're doing it, but I think you're putting, uh, when, when Rasan talks about his, his mm-hmm. ideology of, of how the world should work, you're putting him in in control, and you're asking him how to do all the all the small. Um, I mean, they're not small, well, but but the the little things that would need to be changed mm-hmm. to to get it to work. And I think that we can solve this very easily by you're saying you want to go um, make the world make the population of the world happier instead of income. Mm-hmm. And you're not saying the opposite, but mm-hmm. you're saying that the opposite is very beneficial for for either. So here's what I propose. How about I get you two computers, you both play Civilization, you do it for human <laughs> happiness, and you do it for, for income, and we'll see whose population wins, and then that, that's how we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it, okay, so first of all, it depends. <laughs> what do you mean by, quote-unquote, wins, in the sense of, <laughs> right, right, do right. they win in Civilization? Because in Civilization, <laughs> the money wins. Just because your population's happy in Civilization you don't win. You get taken over pretty quickly. Well, there, well, there are, there are, there are cultural victories, which, which don't, which don't necessarily equate to happiness. I know, but, but that is, I guess, more what I'm talking about. More, more cultural output because I, I think. Well, I, I don't know. Because I don't know to win, in, to, to win in civilization, he's right. You have to kill off. 
pretty much everybody or or game well, be so strong that nobody can actually allies with everyone else destroy you right and that's I mean, it's already constructed in a way to fit the status quo so it's, sure. it's not super fair it, yeah civilization is weighted towards capitalism right but uh if we're going with the more realistic concept uh-huh. and we had a sim that had a more realistic uh concept of how uh what humanity would be like going towards a happiness and social equity hmm like uh, <laughs> I can even think of like <laughs> how you would win how you something well, no, no, like that. how would you even make that simulation well right because we I don't think there what what social construct has there has been orchestrated that follows the the ideologies that you're presenting your son I mean, I, there are there are lots of them. I think I think Canada is a pretty good example. They're they're a lot more focused on the on the happiness and the well being of their citizens, you know, in general. And I and I think that's that's a lot of the the purpose of that. I think people see the benefits of that in the places that they live. I think we culturally refuse to acknowledge that because kind of part of this whole system continuing is is in our our belief in it our willingness to go out and fight for you know this idea of the american dream like that Mm -hmm. that we can achieve all of all of our things you know that that's what encourages us to work as hard as we do um but we're also you know we have some of the highest heart attack rates in the world and some of the highest rates of anxiety not considering japan um (laughs) right but you know it's the i you know some metrics that i've seen are are scary you know, and, and you know, we can attribute them to a lot of things, but I think when it comes down to it, it seems like our population is less happy than, than a lot of other people's are. And I think that there's just a, a, a sense in other countries that, that people kind of take care of each other, look out for each other a little bit more. Um, you know, they say they don't lock their doors in Canada. And that very much so probably depends on where they're at. I'm sure it does. I'm sure, as I'm sure there are ghettos in Canada like there are in anywhere. Um, but I think that it's just a different, a different mindset, a different focus. I, I, I keep coming back to this and I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I hate to use copyrighted material, but, uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, um, oh my God, what's his face? Um, the, the guy who did the documentary, the one for Columbine and, uh, Oh, the <clears throat> heavier guy. Yeah. Well, I can't remember his name. He's the one who like voted a whole bunch of people to Cuba. Yeah. Just for the healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. That and was, so that was funny. He, 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 he created that. Um, this documentary, Where Do You Invade Next? Not that long ago. It was, it was really good, I thought. And and he goes to all of these different countries, mostly in Europe, and he's asking them kind of how things are different, why things are different there than they are than they are here. And he's talking to these folks in Italy. I think I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, so forgive me. But so basically, I think he goes to like a the, the Ducati factory. Or something, you know, where they, they manufacture these these automobiles. And he, he's talking to the CEO, and he says, you know, if you if you pay your employees less, they, their employees get paid super well. He says, if you pay your, if you pay your employees less, you can make more money. You can take more money home in your paycheck. Why don't you do that? That's the way we do it in America, and our CEOs are super happy. And the guy goes, I I work with these people every day. It's important for me for them to be happy. It's more important for me that they be happy than I work with happy people than it is. For me to have that extra 
$10,000 a year or a million dollars a year or whatever the amount of money is, it doesn't matter to him. He's saying it's more important to him that he works with happy people because that makes him happy because he realizes that it's not just about the money, about, about isolation, but about creating a community that, that people are happy to be a part of. They want to come to work. Instead of just feeling like they have to because they have to pay their bills, mm-hmm. they actually want to be there, mm-hmm. which seems to me totally revolutionary. I mean, personally, I, I've never had a job like that where I was like, I was stoked. Every morning I woke up and I was like, I want to do this. I can't wait to get there and I don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and I, my, my, my belief is that that's true for a lot of people. And, and, you know, not to say that it's magically somehow perfect, you know, in Canada or Europe or wherever, but I think that it seems to me that there's more a sense that people are looking out for each other. And I think that's really valuable, is I guess what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Oh, and, and I would definitely agree. Um, the uh, overpaid CEOs is literally a problem in the United States. Uh what is it, uh, 80% of the wealth created in the last, uh, like, 20 years all mm-hmm. went to uh, uh, the 1%. Yeah. So, uh, like, probably terrible, or probably not accurate uh, percentages, but majority of the wealth created in America went to the 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, the minimum wage hasn't gone up uh, with inflation versus... Uh, the wage of CEOs has gone up hundreds of thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> Lots of times. <laughs> Over-exaggeration. Um, and that concept, I, I definitely agree, is a problem. Uh, I do see people working on it, though. Like, uh, news, uh, podcasts. People uh, are, are aware of it, and they've actually tracked the CEO concept and they are trying to bring about that uh, more fair concept mm-hmm. of the, the the top of uh, the classes sure they can be more wealthy than everybody but should they be that much more wealthy than everybody yeah and I guess my next question would be what is there to do about it then if this is a problem how do we solve it? I think it's about kind of refocusing. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was just thinking when we were talking, I, I, I know a guy who's a, a millionaire many times over, and he he just keeps his money. You know, he, he told me, or he said once, he has more money than he could ever spend in his lifetime. And he's not trying to spend it. Mm-hmm. He's actually very thrifty. I think that's how a lot of really wealthy people become wealthy. They just don't spend a lot of money. They save it and they and they build it up and they invest. Or you know these these things. You know they they're not letting money go. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I think that's part of the problem. You know, a lot of these really wealthy people aren't putting the money back. They're taking it and they're hoarding it. They're saying, "This is mine now. I'm putting it in a bank. I'm gonna invest it in property, and I'm just gonna keep it and keep it and keep it and keep it and keep building my mm-hmm. pile of cash." And so that that money until they die, or if they get if they if they don't have kids or whatever, mm-hmm. or until something changes and it goes somewhere it just sits in their bank account or in their investment fund mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything so i think i think if we if we refocus and we say you know can that be put to better use can we recycle that and, and put that back into the economy put that back into social services put that back into something donate it to funds you know do be active in in pursuing social change or or whatever you 
whatever goals these people want to see in the world to be more actively a part of it of, of sculpting society and not just hoarding well um uh, that brings me back to the concept of uh what we're talking about critical thinking mm -hmm. and how much freedom versus uh forcing people to do this mm -hmm. so uh, how would you incentivize or force the people who have this money and still keep a free society yeah I, I don't i don't have the answer if i did i might be a millionaire myself <laughs> but i don't I, I don't i don't know the answer um you know for me it's more about trying to i guess articulate the goals mm -hmm. you know trying to figure out what i think is is valuable is important because those the the goals themselves are, are what are important to me mm -hmm. figuring what the goals are and then and then shooting for them and then trying to find a road mm -hmm. to get to them which makes sense definitely you, you need to at least have an idea of what's going on 